Welcome everyone to another episode of Just Saying Football with Jack and Sean. I'm your host Sean Gannon along with my partner Jack McNicholas. We're here to bring you news, notes, weekly updates, and game analysis of your favorite teams from around the league. Now the chance, go check out our website justsayingfootball.com. Follow us on Instagram at just saying no GWJS for article and video updates. And don't forget to check us out on Spotify at Just Saying Football. We want to be in your ears. It's been some time since we've gotten to be in this studio. The Pro Bowl happened. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. We had to take some time, uh, you know, just to, uh, you know, an Aaron Rodgers retreat of sorts after our team's playoff losses and uh, accepting the fact that, you know, it is officially Super Bowl time and this season, it's coming to, it's officially coming to an end. Every week I'm like, wow, I can't believe how fast it's going. And now it's like we're a couple days from waiting eight months for football <laughs> eight months and that's always the worst time but we got some awards to get into we just want to look back and just give some congrats to some players out there who yeah. had great seasons so before we jump into that we got some news notes happening around the league broncos have officially hired sean Payton to a five-year deal through the 2027 season uh, in return the saints have received the broncos 2023 first round pick which is the 30th overall pick that's from san francisco yeah uh, and a 2024 second round pick Moving along, wide receiver A.J. Green has officially retired from the NFL. One of uh, the best one of, of the our best. of our generation. Of our generation, absolutely, absolutely. Georgia, you know, product, fourth overall pick. After 11 seasons, he's going to finish a seven-times pro baller, two-time second-team all-pro, uh, and he'll go along with 727 receptions, 10,514 yards, and 70 receiving touchdowns. It's a great season. And a couple of a crazy Hail Marys. And he's a professional juggler. He is a professional juggler. We can never forget that. We've seen it. Against he's, the Browns. He is, a, he is, a, he is that. Oh, man. That's, it was absolutely wonderful. And my favorite wrong. news of the week, that Minnesota has hired Steelers linebacker coach and former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. Yeah. And in Giants coaching news, Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale are... are I'm getting nervous now. I'm getting a little nervous <laughs> Wink now. will stay. Kafka... Might be He's going for a couple interviews job. with the Cardinals. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Stay out of Arizona. Can we just talk about the Cardinals coaching position? Stay out of Arizona. That's all we got to say. All right, let's jump into this award show. Let's kick it right off with our Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jack, who is your Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, I just want to remind the people at home, all the good people, uh, that this is apparent. This is uh, not apparent. This is officially our award show, not the NFL Ours. honors. These are people that we personally believe that would win this award, you know, in our hearts. So I just want to start that off. My offensive rookie of the year is Kenneth Walker the third from Seattle Seahawks. I mean. In the beginning of this year, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny were at the top of the depth chart. We saw this kid come in after a couple of those inju- uh, those two running backs got injured. And, I mean, what a season from him. You know, he dealt with some injuries himself. But, I mean, when you're looking at it, he had less than eight carries in those first four games, which many people may use against him in this Offensive Rookie of the Year race. But when he was able to come after that and get about 19 to 20 carries a game, uh, you know, he they won six out of seven games because of him. Um, you know, I think that the fact that he was able to have a thousand yards and nine touchdowns uh, in this offense that we really didn't expect much from, he really gave them a boost, helped Geno Smith a lot. I think the way that he was able to impact this team and help them get to the playoffs was a huge bonus for me. Uh, so Ken Walker is my official offensive rookie of the year. Um, your uh, your awards in the mail. I love it. I love it. You know, nothing wrong with Ken Walker. I thought he had a great season. Honestly, Brees Hall, to me, was the guy at one point that was going to win this award. Yeah. But I look at his rookie running mate, Garrett Wilson, who I thought had a great season. 
and you know, I totally agree with you. Huge factor for Kenneth Walker of mm-hmm. their playoff run. But for me, I'm looking at Wilson and what they expected from him with the Jets and what was going on with Elijah Moore not being happy with the offense. Then you look at the Very quarterback true. situation. You start week one with Joe Flacco. Then Zach Wilson comes in. Then you have everything going on with Zach Wilson. Getting bench, coming back, getting bench. Then you got Mike White. You're playing with three different quarterbacks your rookie season, a yep. team that is predominantly strong only on defense. You got tons of injuries happening to your running back and your mm-hmm. offensive line positions. And you're out there and you still get over a thousand yards for four touchdowns. That says something about how you are. You lived up to those expectations as a first rounder. I really thought Garrett Wilson had a great season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if if you know, if anybody's kind of the straightforward pup like a uh, kind of shot like that, it really carries Garrett Wilson just how he was able to actually win those games. Good for a him. lot of the uh, a lot of their big wins actually came, you know, when he had like multiple touchdowns, you know, over eight catches. He's he's I'm I'm very kind of excited to see what he does. And I think Garrett Wilson is a perfect segue into the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Because there's a no this is a no question for just saying football. Who who won this defense? Who should win this defense? Yeah, he, he, a unanimous. It should vote. be unanimous. This should be the NFL honors. If this is not the pick for the NFL honors, yeah. I, I give up. But even with the NFL honors, we're going with Sauce Gardner. Both of us. Uh, there's a multitude of reasons. You know, leading the league in passes defended, 75 tackles. You know, for a guy his size, um, the Jets definitely made you know the right choice picking him as Absolutely. the first cornerback in the draft. Uh, and only a 62 pass rating against him. I mean, there's not many corners in the NFL in general that just shut down people. And uh, I know that, you know, we were just so huge on him coming to the offseason. And the fact that he worked out, uh, it's it's been so awesome to see. You know, he came on the NFL Network and said they they drafted me fourth overall. Mm-hmm. They had high expectations. Uh, I felt like I lived up to those expectations. Yeah. And honestly, I... I totally agree with him. He absolutely yeah. lived up those expectations. He deserves to win this award. Also, some other considerations. Tariq uh, Woolen uh, and Aiden Hutchinson also, though, got to give some shout-outs to some other defensive rookies. But Sauce Gardner, you know, first rookie yeah, since far, the 60s. Far and above the rest. <laughs> to get an all-team pro yeah. honors. Uh, in, his in your season. rookie year. Not really, many can say that. Not many at all. all right, let's keep this moving along. Offensive player of the year. You want me to go, or you? Want I, to go? I would like. I would like you to go. I can see that Sean knows the right answer here. The answer I want, because he's not going to win MVP. It's got to be because he guy. should win MVP. He should win MVP. But it's not going to happen because he's a wide receiver. It's my man, Justin Jefferson. All right, I got to go with him as my offensive player of the year. 128 receptions, 1,809 yards, eight touchdowns, led the league in receiving yards. Uh, some facts about this season. Nine of his 16 games played, he had over 115 yards. Seven nine-plus reception games. Wow. Uh, ranks ninth already in Vikings all-time receiving yards uh, uh, in just three seasons. Sets Vikings. He set the Vikings uh, rookie record for most yards in a season, most catches and yards in a single season in Viking history, and the most receiving yards through a player's first three, th- first three seasons with 4,825. The second is Randy Moss. And Randy Moss only has 4,163. He broke that record by damn near 700 yards in his opening three seasons. So I'm looking at what Justin Jefferson did. He was clearly the lifeblood of the Vikings offense and the focal point of what Kevin O'Connell wanted to do. And he just found ways to move Jefferson all over the field. And once again, had another 1,800 plus yard receiving wide receiver, which he just did a year ago with Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, the one... One thing with him is, you know, we we obviously are huge fans of him, but this season, you know, like you mentioned before, you know, if it wasn't such tight races for MVP all over the league, he could definitely be up there. This is one if of his seasons. He looked outside the quarterback. 
You know what I mean? Look Outside the, the quarterback, there was nobody, I think, better in the league all year. Except for. Except, like. I think uh, many are discrediting my guy out of Los Angeles, Austin Eckler. Uh, Austin Eckler, I don't know. I know a lot of people are like, well, Jack, he can't be Offensive Player of the Year without 1,000 yards rushing. Well, what if I told you that he had 18 touchdowns and he would have had 1,000 yards rushing if he didn't have to pick up all the receiving yardage from Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams being injured all season? So with 311 touches this year, I, I think it is just unbelievable what he was able to do. Jeez. Listen, there's 127 targets, Sean, through the air, 107 catches for 722 yards. He was the fourth running back in fantasy, but it was only a 10-point difference between him and Josh Jacobs, who was first. So it's a very, very small split. You had me in the, 311 In touches. a four-game stretch to end the season. In weeks 14 to 17, he had 12 touchdowns, six receiving, six rushing each of them. And I think what I find most incredible is just the amount of 100 catches, the fact that you have a league-leading 18 touchdowns, you're able to utilize 311 yards. And on a team like the Chargers, who's really good, Justin Herbert had nobody to throw to this year except Austin Eckler. He stepped up. He made the playoffs. Obviously, huge blowout, but, uh, you know, those AP votes – uh, don't always count for the playoffs. Uh, but Austin Eckler, huge contention for me, really makes uh, you know it evident for me that he you know should be in a huge consideration. But he's my pick for the Offensive Player of the Year. I like that. Honestly, he hasn't one of the most slept-on running backs the last few years. We yeah. talked about it, I think, in our playoff uh, episode. Also, some other considerations. I think we just got to give some shout-outs to Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Travis I mean, Kelsey. I think if he wasn't a tight end, if that tight end position wasn't <laughs> there, like you know what I mean? That 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 might be there. Let's keep this moving along. So we have defensive player of the years. Um why don't you kick yours off? All right. I w- all right. So um Nick Bosa for me is the clear cut Jack just saying defensive player of the year. Um, I, I believe that, you know, the way that he's been able to produce the last couple of years has shown that he's capable of winning this award. He was offensive rookie, uh, defensive rookie of the year when he came in a couple of years ago. A league leading 18 sacks, 19 tackles for losses, and 48 quarterback hits. Just to put that in perspective, he had 51 total tackles on the season, so he almost matched the amount of tackles that he had with the amount of times that he hit a quarterback. Um, the San Francisco defense overall was in and out injured, but he was the best on the best defense. Um, only 16 points a game from weeks one to four. He had six sacks from week seven to 13. He had six straight games with a sack and week 13, he had three sacks. He had a lot of games with huge force fumbles and San Francisco, obviously so many ups and downs. This season, where you know their defense really had to be the MVP of their game, I think that that was um, I, I, he's the clear cut winner for me. I like that. You know, Nick Bosa, obviously one of the best edge rushers in the entire NFL, uh, arguably better than his brother Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think could so. be. Uh, and normally, I'd go with you, but there's a guy that's been slept on. I think the last few seasons, and he plays for the Eagles currently. His name is Hassan Reddick. Yeah, you heard me, everyone. Hassan Reddick. Listen not up. A, not a flashy <laughs> name, all right. 49 total tackles, only two away from your guy, Nick Bosa. Mm -hmm. 35 solo, only six behind your guy, Nick Bosa. Uh, 16 sacks, only two and a half behind your guy, Nick Bosa. uh, 11 tackles were lost, eight behind your guy, Nick Bosa. That's where he was dominating. Second uh, uh, 
first and forced fumbles, uh, three four uh, and three fumble recoveries and three pass defenses. Had a great season. That's not super flashy, the name. But I will say this. Last three seasons, Hassan Reddick has had 11-plus sacks with three different teams. Talk about he's done putting it with Arizona. He's done it with Carolina. And now he's done it with the Super Bowl contending Eagles that is coming off of a 60-plus sack season, of which he 70. led the team. 70-plus sacks. I mean, take his out. They, ain't hit, they haven't hit 60. <laughs> that's, that's how it is. So, when you you know, it's easy to go for the Bosa's. Those are the names that you know. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think Reddick had arguably the identical season. Yeah. And his team went one step farther. And he beat Nick Bosa's team. I'm just saying. That's it. I just <laughs> wanted to give love to a guy. Also, some guys that got to be considered in this. Micah Parsons, Matt Judon, Miles Garrett, and mm-hmm. Max Crosby, I think, uh, can be in contention for this. Absolutely. All right. Let's keep this moving along. We got our comeback player of the year. I'm going to go first in this one. I'm sorry, buddy. Go ahead. I got to give a shout out to my guy, Geno Smith. Not Again, not a flashy name. He led the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Okay? In his first season starting, he set a Seahawks franchise record for most yards passing in a single season, beating Russell Wilson. Suck it, Russell. Suck it, Russell. <laughs> Let's ride. Uh, Geno Smith. 69.8% uh, completion percentage, which led the NFL. 32-11 touchdown interception ratio. He absolutely impressed in his, as his first as his first time starting since 2014, basically, as a full-time starter. Yeah. He led this team in ways that you can talk about. You're talking about your guy, Offensive Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. candidate Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith was the guy that was handing him the ball every time and passing DK Metcalf and Tyler yeah. Lockett. Hasn't played in a long time. And I know a lot of the time this goes to injuries, but I think some of the, some of the things that we also need to keep in mind is Players who haven't played in a long time and then finally get their chance again and then take the most of that opportunity, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit different than coming back from an injury, which is what we see, especially with like Alex Smith just a few years ago. So I got to give a shout out to Geno Smith. I feel like he just deserves to win an award this year. Yeah, I think, yeah, some recognitions definitely deserved. I think it's, you know, it's a couple of things like you said, just maybe that journey of, exactly. you know, guys who maybe face injuries and, and now it's like, he he really has rejuvenated his whole whole career with this season, which has been insane. Like we had no expectations for Seattle coming in this season. We were ve- I'm very interested to like go back and see what we were saying about Seattle the first couple weeks, and then kind of look back see what we said then because he really made such such a difference. I know we're gonna feel bad about that, but all oh, right. yeah, who you got for your comeback player of the year? Well. It may seem biased, but I have many reasons. And my comeback player of the year this season is going to be Saquon Barkley. I had a lot of different players that I looked at and said, you know, who really, you know, went through it. Gino was definitely one of them. CMC, you know, there's so many different people that, especially the last couple of years, have dealt with, you know, missing games. And now they've had a great season this year and they should be recognized. Um, The reason that I want to recognize Saquon is – this was really that uh, first time since you know his uh, second season that we've seen him, and he's now finished his fifth season with the Giants. Um, with that, I, I think that he was able to really. We were talking about Geno, how he was able to rejuvenate his career. I mean, Saquon last year. You're talking about a guy who had 500 rushing yards, um, only 260 receiving yards, and then you look back. Um, you know, this year coming back with 1,300 yards. Um, 
you know, he was able to start it off with, you know, a huge win in Tennessee, and he kept that going. He was a huge factor um, for a team that made the playoffs. And I think that's a big thing we were talking about with Geno, too, is, like, you help your team get past that threshold. That's, like, what makes you win this award. Uh, for me, he was able to dominate on so many levels. And, you know, two years ago, he rolled over an ankle. And uh, three years ago, he was, uh, you know, he hurt his um, you know, he hurt his ACL. So now he's really able to come back. And, and I think that this season was like really great for not only Giants fans, but just NFL fans who wanted to see Saquon get back to that level. And uh, I think I think that he did. You know, I, I'm, I'm very excited to kind of see what he does next, yeah. wherever, whatever he does. Yeah, absolutely. So let's keep this moving along. We got coach of the year. Mm. There's a lot of good coaches this a year. A lot of good coaches. Including two of them in the Super Bowl right now. Handful of playoff coaches. But who, who you got for this one? Well, this this was another really tough one, you know. Um, Kyle Shanahan. There's so many different guys that you know had a lot of teams that were injured. Um, but for me, it's Doug Peterson. Uh, Doug Peterson took the worst team from last year and the year before. Remember Jacksonville, two years in a row, worst team in the NFL, uh, especially last year with Urban Meyer only playing about four, uh, coaching about four games uh, for them. Uh, literally, this was one of the biggest turnarounds that we saw, and I think that that really shows, especially like a guy like Doug Peterson, a veteran Super Bowl winning coach. You go to a new place, that's completely different. You make your quarterback look great, your running back look great. Um, you know, Christian Kirk look great. looked great. Everybody really had an opportunity to flourish. The defense was one of the top defenses of this year, and that's definitely something that comes with him. Um, you know, with this team, it really showed me after like their bye week why he should be the coach. Um, it wasn't really clear who was going to win this division. We didn't really know what Tennessee was going to look like down the stretch for the season. And when they went to their bye week, they went into Baltimore and they mounted this huge comeback. And then they got destroyed by the Lions. And then they like just adjusted and they won six straight to get in the playoffs. And then they had the third biggest comeback uh, in NFL history. Um, again, you know, the awards, I don't think the playoff thing should really push that, but it definitely showed me what I needed to know about Doug Peterson that, like, he really fixed this team up. And it's it's just one of the great coaching jobs that we got to see this year. And uh, he, he's my guy just because this Jacksonville team was the definition of a dumpster fire. And now they, now they look pretty great. Yeah, especially after Urban Meyer last year, like you just talked about, you know, this is what you were hoping yeah. it could be, especially when they got Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Um, I'm looking at the coaches and I, of course, would love to go my guy, Kevin O'Connell, but I feel like he gets a pass. He's not like a pass, but like easier team to work with. I'm yeah. looking at Brian Dable, man. Ooh, looking at my guy. Yeah. I'm looking at your guy. <laughs> we, we live in New York. We know the last decade or so for the giants and the jets have been brutal. Um, and it's been hard for there to be a winning culture in football in New York. And finally with Salah and Dable, we got that winning culture. What Dable showed this year is that he is the guy. He yeah. brought the attitude to the team. He got them to the playoffs. They won on the road in the playoffs against the Vikings in a tough environment. These are things that are, are check boxes that you look at with coaches. You could clearly see that the team was super competitive. He got the most out of Daniel Jones despite a 15-5 to touchdown and interception ratio in the yeah. passing league. Saquon Barkley, like you just mentioned, has comeback player of the year over 1,300 yards. And these are with guys like... Kenny Galladay in the last last week catching a touchdown and Richie James being your number one yeah. guy and Cody Bellinger, your rookie tight end, being a huge factor. And to me, that's just really, really impressive because 
I don't think anyone expected the Giants to be too much of a competition this year. No one expected them to be a playoff team this year. And here they were, one and one in the playoffs. Dable leading the way. I think you got to give him credit. And for me, also Peterson, I, you know, he's already a Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah. You know, all, all that Brian Dable was before this was an offensive coordinator. No, I agree. He's you know, I just, I have Saquon, but if just, Brian Dable wins, it's just, much well deserved. Just something to keep in mind: Doug Peterson is five years ago, six years ago, won a Super Bowl. But did he win it with Trevor Lawrence? No, he won it with now, Nick Foles in Philly. The, the thing I find very impressive, like you said, though, Dable, the turnaround for Saquon and Jones, oh. the offensive line looked better, the defense, you know, just hiring the right staff around him. I think it was just evident every game, like, what moves he was making were correct and, Look, and stuff like that. You have a star player like Leonard Williams on your defense at the very last week of the season, uh, of their season after the divisional game in the media room, in the locker room, clearing out, being like, I want to take a pay cut to keep playing with these guys. That yeah. shows that you've, you've instilled the right coaching that players want to be around and be a part of. Yeah, um, I agree. So, Coach of the Year, Brian Nable. All right, let's do the song. This is the only award that people really seem to care about. The most valuable player. Oof. Um, I'll kick off. You you did the coaches. It's the least I can do. Um, I'm looking at my guy Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for yeah. the Eagles. All right? Ugh, I, do, I knew it was coming. Let's start out with the obvious. Number one seed in the NFC. 16-3 record. They've scored 546 points. They uh, are currently in the Super Bowl. About to play and represent the NFC. Um, on top of that, the entire offseason, not here. I've been a Hurts fan. You've been a Hurts fan since day one. You didn't hear it here. But around the league, there was a lot of hate around Hurts. What was he going to be able to do? How is he going to handle this playoff loss last year? Can he really lead this team? They're in the Super Bowl. All right. They won the NFC Championship game. He improved in all facets of his game. He scored more touchdowns on the ground than he did last season. He threw for more passing yards. He inc- increased his passing completion by 5%. Uh, threw for six more touchdowns. Threw for 500 more yards. Brought down his interception ratio. He was the guy. And everyone was like, well, if you take out Hurts, you can input any quarterback in this. This is Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. No, you couldn't. Gardner Minshew came in. Serviceable backup. We even said it here. He can win games. They they did put yeah. up 40 points. Yeah. They still went 0-2 without Jalen Hurts. Clearly, he was a huge factor in that game and or up for the team. Uh, look, 165 carries, 760 on the ground, 13 touchdowns, 66.5% completion, 3,701 yards, 22 and 6 interception to touchdown or touchdown interception ratio. Oof, that was the interception touchdown. That was bad. <laughs> but um, I'm looking at what Jalen Hurts did this season. I think he answered everyone's question in the offseason. He put all the haters in doubt, and he's mm-hmm. maintained just being a humble guy who just wants to work hard and win a Super Bowl and just continue to do that. And yeah, I don't know, man. That if that's on MVP, I don't know what is. Well, I I think that you know if anybody really deserves it, it is him. I know that um, you know he missed some games, but outside of that, you know he still played great when he was hurt and he came yeah. back. You know, I'm a huge fan of his. Not a huge fan of the Eagles, as people know, but. Um, what he's able to do on a week by week, it's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, my MVP pick has a lot of similarities to you as you're listing off the things that make an MVP. You know, first seed in the playoffs, thirteen wins, having a you know incredible season, maybe leading the league in categories such as you know passing yards, touchdowns. Things like that, that I believe my man Patrick Mahomes is going to take. Um, 
This is one of the closer MVP races in Absolutely. recent memory. I have that written down for a good reason in the sense that I have to remind myself that both these guys, you know, I'm just saying we've had a co-MVP and, you know, to break that Super Bowl curse of who win, whoever wins MVP usually loses the Super Bowl last 0-9 since 2000. So just remember that. Whoever wins this award, <laughs> they're going to be in a big You don't win the championship. Um, but Mahomes, man, um, can I just say, he had 5,250 yards, 5,250 yards. That is fourth most ever. Not fourth most for him, not fourth most on the Chiefs, fourth most in history. That is something that just really popped out of me, still maintaining a 67% completion and a 40 one to twelve interception ratio. He may not have those rushing yards, but like, damn, if he's not gonna have those rushing yards, he should have these passing numbers, and he does. Um, I mean, he had a Lehigh touchdown on six point three percent of his passes. I I don't how do you, how do you even do that? I mean, this is insane too. I mean, four comebacks it seems like low for him. But he did them against all, all teams he should have beat, you know, Denver, L.A., uh, Houston, and Tennessee. But, man, what do you think about that? It's just look, Mahomes, it's madness. Look, Mahomes, Mahomes, madness. Mahomes always an MVP candidate. I'm pretty sure he's the favorite right now. And, look, there's nothing wrong with going Mahomes as as the MVP winner. I But yeah. to me, it's just it's like they both deserve it so no, bad. But to me, the, the huge difference, not to harp on this, but it's – Everyone can say comfortably that they would have expected Mahomes to be here. Can everyone I, I can agree. everyone say that Jalen Hurts yeah. come Super Bowl weekend was gonna be in this position? No. And you gotta give credit where credit is due. Now, if you want to be like really give credit where credit is due, you don't go quarterback position at all. And you should have given it to Cooper Cup last last year. Yeah. And Justin Jefferson this year. Maybe not him. <laughs> that he's saying. Not him. That's not, I don't know what I want to go to. But I'm like, I don't know. But maybe we have to also start to reevaluate the MVP award as a yeah. whole. Is it always or should it always go to a quarterback? I don't know. Should Travis Kelsey get it every year? He I don't want to get it. <laughs> he should, honestly. God damn, he's so good. Um, but yeah, that's the award show for 2022. I, I, I'm. It's a great Super Bowl matchup this yeah. year. It's two MVP candidates, which is not something that you get uh, very often. Uh, two number one seeds in their respective conferences. There's a lot, like a lot of similarities. Best I, passing offense, the best passing defense. It's just <laughs> a lot of great stuff happening in this game. Uh, make sure you get ready for the Super Bowl. Yeah, six thirty kickoff. Yeah, and we're gonna have an episode for you coming out before. Make sure to check that out. We'll have a couple of. Of our favorite bets, favorite X factors, our game picks, and why you should be watching that game. Going to be a humongous one. Yeah, so make sure you check it out because that's all the time that we have here. Yeah, and always remember to check us out on JustSayingFootball.com, Just Saying Football on YouTube and Spotify. Hit those subscribes. Go show us some love. Go show us some comments. Show us whatever you want to see in this offseason coming up. Uh, Going to be a huge offseason, a lot of shows. And always remember to stay updated. Just Saying, no GWJS for all your article video updates. Thank you for watching and enjoy the awards. Enjoy.